This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. It's uh, been fun to be with you for the last hour and a half here. Um, Brad Gray and Janine Bitson here. Yeah, yeah, it has been. You know, there's been a lot uh, that we talked about in the first hour that was heavy, mm-hmm. but yet it's a real call to action. Yeah. And, and God does that for us. I mean, it's like he puts us in a certain time and place in history for a reason. And uh, this is a big challenge for us. Yeah, I mean, it's heavy insofar as it's simply acknowledging what we're all experiencing already right yeah. i mean it's not like um th- th- this is this is a difficult time in our country right now and and you know we're just there's so many things that we're confronting right we come from a a land that that values freedom a land that values um has historically valued god and and, and, personal and all liberty. of humanity yeah. i mean it's uh it's not just the united states i mean we had a, a gathering on sunday and we had people from all over the world and and it was just a piece of heaven hmm. uh, to see all the children running around and just playing and being together and i mean we had people from iraq and cambodia wow. and russia and you know around the united states and and it's just you know human beings are human beings we're all children of god and we have have all that same makeup within us, regardless of where we're from. And you know, that's a great point, because as Catholics, we acknowledge that we, we are one family around the globe, but also th- spanning through throughout history. We have the, the communion of the saints, and now we have Father Peter Andrel on to talk to us about uh, various things, but especially about this remarkable collection of, of over 800 relics that, that Father is going to have. But first of all, good morning to you, Father. Thanks for being on with us. My joy, praise be Jesus. Yes, oh, thank amen. you. It's always it, it just is always such a joy to have you, Father, and and it's always such a a joy also to hear about the great pilgrimages that um, you're you're a part of. And um, there's a great one that's happening this month. Can you tell us about it? I'd be very happy to, and it's a joy because it's right here, local in our midst, um, on the border of Minnesota, South Dakota, and southeastern North Dakota just outside of Wapiton, um, we have our uh, Carmelite nuns, mm. and they are celebrating their 65th anniversary of, of being here, and we've been offering to Our Lady of the Harvest, praying for all of our people in our surrounding areas and all the states around, but for the farms, for the fields, for the crops, for the gardens. And as we all know, uh, we could all use rain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it has special significance for us this year. And on our Mary's Feast Day, which the feast that we celebrate on the pilgrimage always centers around, um, happens to fall this year on August 15th, the Feast of the Assumption. So there's a special significance with it being Mary's Feast Day, with it being the 65th anniversary. And so we are adding to the solemnity and the celebration. We'll be having um, my talk will be at 2 o'clock. And yes, I'll be talking about the communion of the saints in this year of St. Joseph, this year of the Holy Family, and about how they interact with us through their prayer, their intercession. We'll talk about the relics. But also, we'll be having five priests available um, for confessions, which will follow the talk, as well as a walking rosary. We'll have Mass of Bishop Fulda at five, and then a wonderful meal to follow at six, or thereabouts. So we're eager to have a wonderful turnout. The weather looks to be great for the weekend and to be able to celebrate with Our Lady, praying for our farmers and for all the needs of our people. 
Awesome. Awesome. So, so Father, just to clarify or confirm, so it, it starts at 2 o'clock with your presentation, or, or when does that, the actual it start? Does. Okay. Yep, it starts at 2 o'clock um, with the presentation. 3 o'clock, we will begin the walking rosary. We'll have confessions, and then we'll begin Mass at 5. And one thing that I would specifically like to offer for those coming is I'll be giving the um, explanation uh, relics of the display. It'll also be very interactive to allow for the people to pray with the relics. Mm -hmm. I'll be very happy to pray for any needs. And every time this is done, there have always been healings. Mm -hmm. Our Lord is the primary source of the healing that flows through the saints who are there in His presence before the throne of God. Jesus, our mediator between God and man, intervenes and intercedes through these, as I love to call them, the holy helpers. Just like with Mary, she magnifies the Lord. And that's what the saints do for us, too. And they remind us of our creed, that we pray as we close our creed each weekend at Mass for the communion of saints, the resurrection of the dead, and for the life everlasting, the life of the world to come. They remind us in faith that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. We have this wonderful cloud of witnesses that are interceding for us. And they're, you know, I, I love to share some of my uh, best friends are dead people. And I have never met a saint yet that I haven't liked. <laughs> Over 10,000 canonized saints of the church. Isn't that we, fantastic? We just need to figure out how to get yeah. those dead people voting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, the more we keep asking for their intercession, the more we receive. And I know, uh, like St. Teresa of Lisieux would say, she wants to spend her heaven doing good on earth. They are all just a prayer away. And, you know, when we pray, the veil between heaven and earth becomes so very, very thin. And they're interceding um, in tremendous ways. And I think the more that we, in faith, connect with the saints. I mean, our mission, our baptismal promise is to become a saint. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And and I love them so much because they're so unique. Each one has their own special way that they they, uh, exhibit something of God's glory. You know what's so cool about you saying that is because God doesn't make any one of us exactly the same. We're all individually unique, mm-hmm. you know, children of God. And and that's what's so cool even about the saints, uh, the situations, the crosses that they carried, you know, um, their whole situations and how they handled it. Uh, the only thing that I can find union with all of them is the one constant thing that they always gave glory to God. It wasn't about themselves ever. Yeah. It was always, you know, giving glory to God. And, and that's what we need to do as well as people on pilgrimage. And uh, it's easy to forget sometimes. Yeah. As you talk about this, Father, <laughs> I have a bit of hum- uh, humility or humbleness that uh, that strikes me today in particular because I, for the last few years or several years, I would uh, we we pray the day we pray daytime prayer together uh, as a department at the diocesan office there in Catholic education formation, and um, I would I would quip how uh, today's saint Saint Lawrence has a feast day, and it was it seems so out of place to me because usually feast days are things that are related to Jesus or the apostles. You might have the the feast of the exaltation of the Holy Cross or or the apostles or now Mary Magdalene. And it's like, you've got all these like heavy hitters in the life of the church. And then you have St. Lawrence, who gets a feast day. And not St. Thomas Aquinas, not St. Dominic, not, you know, all these like St. Augustine. Like St. Lawrence gets a feast day. And, and with daytime prayer, you know, some of them have 
unique aspects for the day and others you just use the, the regular common stuff. And so I'd kind of be going on for for a couple of years about how, well, there are no St. Lawrence, you know, they don't have a feast day or anything. <laughs> and I would just be going, and I realized at one point I was like, okay, I'm going to have some explaining to do when I get to heaven and actually meet this guy face to face. And and then it was probably about two years ago that I was at mass and uh, it was it was August 10th and I realized this is the Feast of St. Lawrence and it's also the the anniversary of my start date of the diocese. I'm like, oh boy, I, I got a lot of making up to do. So I usually invoke St. Lawrence all the time now whenever I can because uh, I'm trying to suck up. And so it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of funny when we talk about how these different people and how they impact our lives. And so it's actually become a very special day for me today. Uh, this, this person that uh, I kind of would remark about and quip about it before, but now he's become a good friend. So it's, it's neat to know that we have those connections in heaven, and, and sometimes we come across them uh, obscurely and, and oddly. Well, well yeah, and, right. and like you said, Father Andrew, the veil is so, so thin, you know, um, in when we connect our prayer and, and ask for the intercession from, you know, someone in the communion of saints. And, and so you have these really special... Um, relics. And for our listeners who don't understand, uh, or know, I don't mean understand, I mean don't know what a relic is, can you explain that? Yeah, you better be happy to. And it kind of ties in with, you know, the concept with um, St. Lawrence on his feast day. Mm -hmm. You know, he is so well known through the years, especially in Rome. And, And one of the things that we learn about the saints is we want to emulate them. He mm-hmm. was one of the seven principal deacons of the church, and the Pope at the time, Sixtus II, um, the church was still going through the cleansing of the paganism of mm-hmm. the Roman Empire. So just because he was a follower of Jesus, the Pope was arrested, and he was led away with seven of the other um, prelates at the time to face martyrdom for their faith. And this deacon, who was the principal of the seven in Rome, said, well, what about me? You're leaving me behind. I want to go where you are to follow in your faith. And the Pope prophetically said, in three days you will follow. And so it's interesting. He's got just an amazing story. How, and maybe this is why he has been, you know, the, the providence of God. I think only in heaven will we understand how perhaps even some of the more obscure people, saints, etc., mm-hmm. have very high places of glory and I think a lot of it is because of their, their, the zeal in their heart. I'll put it this way. In our life, we're meant to fill up what God has given to us. For some, it's the size of a thimble. Some, it's the size of a swing pole, like a Mother Teresa. But our mission is to fill to the brim. And so this deacon challenged the entire Roman Empire. And he said, I will bring the treasures of the church, which you're seeking out in three days' time. And he brought what all the contributions and the alms that these greedy... Um, prefects were wanting, he showed what they were going to, the poor, the sick, the infirm, and he said, these are the treasures of the church. Mm -hmm. And the prefects just exploded. So they they tied him to a gridiron and they roasted him alive. And he had such a great sense of humor. Oh, this site is is done. You can turn me over now. (laughs) But he's just... And, and, you know, being in Rome, you learn how just he is so revered. Um, he's one of the most revered of all saints, as well as deacons. But what happens is, I think we can all relate in families, you know, we have loved ones. 
and we cherish them. We cherish them, cherish their memory, and when they are brought into eternal life and they pass from this earthly coil, we often have special ways to commemorate them. Maybe an article um, that they had used, their Bible, uh, something special that they owned, part of their clothing. Some people will even take part of their hair as a, a remembrance. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of part of our human nature. I mean, we're incarnational. Yeah. And so we're, we're used to having that physical connection in some way, shape, or form. Well, it, it's come into the human condition. And so the veneration began actually all the way back around 3400 B.C., with the Greeks, Oedipus and then Theseus, where um, there's acknowledged of part of their remains being um, honored, being acknowledged. You find that in, in almost every single culture. Hmm. Even when the Buddha died in 476, people that began to follow Buddhism did the same. Confucius, the followers, continued to do the same. Even Mohammed uh, the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem, they have an acknowledgement of part of his hair. So you see world religions, you know, having this veneration, mm-hmm. this appreciation of, of these special different people that they connect to. For us, what we're connecting to, you know, primary, first, foremost, is God. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing how the person, a temple of the Holy Spirit, was so filled with God's love and the beautiful work that the person did in service of God, that you're just feeling moved to, to love, to venerate. And so you find even in the Old Testament time, uh, the beginning of the development of what today modern uh, man, especially in the Catholic Church, what we have been developing. So you, you find, you know, they, they preserved Joseph's um, bones yep. um, when they traveled from you know, the Holy Land from Israel down into Egypt. You have a person that had died that fell into the grave where Elisha the prophet had been buried and the person came back to life. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have this wonderful tradition following. And then in the New Testament time, people were asking for St. Peter even to simply his shadow to fall upon them. Mm-hmm. Jesus, when right. he was alive, touching his, the hem of his garment, his cloak, the woman with the hemorrhage being healed. You know, St. Paul, people would bring handkerchiefs to touch his face. They would bring them to the sick, and they would be healed. So there was this wonderful devotion, but it really developed further under um, one of the direct disciples of St. John, whose name was Polycarp. Father, I'm going to I'm going to use this as a, a cliffhanger here, because we got to take a quick break. So this will be a tease for coming back. So yeah. we got to find out, how did St. Polycarp, how, how did this get used with St. Polycarp? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with the conclusion of this tale on the other side of this break. So stay with us for more Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. 
Have you forgiven those who have hurt you, especially those who abandoned or left you after taking their own life? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus says that you can only be forgiven by God if you forgive others. It is one of the most important things you can ever do. For if you don't, you are jeopardizing your own salvation. When you refuse to forgive someone, you are not hurting them. You are only hurting yourself. Forgiveness is a critical part of the healing process, which includes forgiving yourself. Also, forgiveness may not be nearly as difficult as you think. So join us and learn how to forgive, and God can fully forgive you through His love and mercy. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, well, we've been talking with Father Peter Anderl about the uh, 65th annual pilgrimage to the Shrine of Our Lady of the Prairies. It's coming up on August 15th. Going to go from 2 o'clock and then I think close with the supper at 6 o'clock. But Father Andrew was talking right before we went to break about this this question of relics, because honestly, it's it's a weird one for, for many people when they look at Catholicism, like, what's the deal with keeping chunks of dead people around? Um, and Father, you were doing a great a job of explaining how this isn't something that just came out of nowhere. This is something that has a long history going back really through humanity. And you were just started to tell the story about, uh, in the New Testament era, the uh, St. Polycarp. So go ahead and, and finish that out. Well, I think it's a, a really good help for understanding kind of the foundations of all of Christianity and all Christians, how rooted in our, our faith tradition this is. 150 A.D., we took up his bones, and they're referring to now St. Polycarp. This is from Eusebius of Caesarea, um, who is a, a famous ecclesial historian of, of the um, what we call the patristic era, the first few centuries of the Church. And so regarding St. Polycarp, who was the disciple of St. John the Apostle, it says, We took up his bones, which are more valuable <clears throat> than precious stones and finer than refined gold, hmm. and laid them in a suitable place, where the Lord will permit us to gather ourselves together as we are able, in gladness and joy, to celebrate the birthday of his martyrdom. And from this, it has only developed when Christianity became legal, Constantine, the new emperor, uh, Helena, his, his mom, went directly to the Holy Land, brought wonderful relics that were able to be uh, brought into an even greater consensus of people's viewing and veneration uh, that had always been preserved from the earliest nation, beginning of the Christian community, to Rome. In fact, St. Peter's Basilica that was built over the Constantinian Basilica in the 1520s, Michelangelo, Bernini, etc., etc., Raphael, all involved, the cupola top with the cross, you drop a plumb line straight down, and it goes directly to where St. 
St. Peter is buried. They actually leveled the cemetery hmm. so that they could have the most known church in the world directly over the remains of our principal apostle, the vicar of Christ on earth. And in fact, the graffiti you can go into the first century cemetery. It's called a scavitor. It's one of the great highlights of going to Rome. Mm-hmm. And you can see right there in that first century necropolis, Ubi Petrus, Ibi Ecclesia, written, where there is Peter, there is the church. And so there's always been this tremendous devotion. Now, it's very important we understand we worship God and God alone. Mm-hmm. Right. To him, we, and, and we call that Latria, worship. But why do we have a connection with saints? Because it gives God greater glory. Yeah, right. It's a testament and, to his work, right? His workmanship, exactly, what he's done. Exactly, exactly. And this is how he designed. I mean, he could have saved us any way he wanted. He chose to work through secondary means. Mary's fiat, her yes. She is the greatest of all of our saints. She is the perfect Christian and the first disciple. And that's why we honor her. This is Jesus that he honored his father and mother. And he, through St. John, there as he died on the cross, gave her to us, behold your mother. And so we are called to honor too. And because she is the greatest of the saints, we call that hyperdulia. And dulia means to venerate, just like we would to our own mother and father. Mm-hmm. And so Mary has the highest rank. And then St. Joseph, we call that proto-dulia, first acknowledgement of veneration after Mary. They were given the most incredible purpose on this earth to raise the Son of God, mm-hmm. to perform His work as Redeemer of the world. And from there, we have many other holy men and women and when they have died, the Church has a very rigorous um, testimonial mm-hmm. canonization process. Mm-hmm. And when that person is raised to the elders of canonization, at least one miracle has already been attributed to that person. And a very exhausting discernment, is this a person that's living a life of heroic virtue when they died? Are they worthy to be emulated as a role model? Mm-hmm. I think that's a word we forget about today, that phrase. To be a role model, that's what the yeah. saints are. And they lead us. They're like our, our friends, just that's like right. the angels yeah. do. They lead us closer to God. And why would we not want to invoke them? You know, the communion means a team. There's no I in team. Yes, we have me and Jesus. That's awesome. But we will never fully know Jesus without coming to know Mary. She broadens our understanding. And that's what the saints do of God. We see the attributes of God reflected in the saints. Yes. And so through the years, the veneration has consisted of what we call the three classes of relics. Okay, we only have about 45 seconds left, Father, so you're going to have to crush it quickly. Oh my goodness. All right, so the first class is the actual part of the saint. The second class is something they owned or touched. The third class is being touched to a first or second class relic. Mm. And I have to tell you how powerful it is. I have a relic of the true cross. Wow. I had several saints. I had the Holy Family, uh, part of Mary's veil, part of Joseph's cloak. I was in the hospital at the cathedral. There was a Protestant uh, family at Lutheran. The girl was dying. They didn't know what was going on. She had a massive staph infection. I prayed with her with the relics, and she miraculously mm-hmm. recovered. Mm. Awesome. And yeah. the doctors didn't know what to do at that point. And I've had multiple experiences, and that's what we're looking for at the pilgrimage. Yeah. So all I ask is an openness of faith. Come and receive. There will be over 800 relic. Amazing. Oh, that's just uh, so beautiful. All right. So August 15th from 2 o'clock until uh, supper at 6 o'clock at the uh, Carmelite Monastery down outside of Wapaton. Uh, 
be sure that you come check that out. Thank you so much, Father, for being on with us this morning. That was that was uh, a sip from a fire hose. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's wonderful, Father. Yeah. Thank you so much for making these relics available yep. for our, our um, community. Yeah, awesome. My honor, and God bless you all. God bless you, you too, Father. All right, Therese, it's your turn. What do we got coming up next time around? Yeah, so tomorrow we have a best of Real Presence Live. Um, tune in to hear Karen Gibis will share about her remarkable experience in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And Jake Geis will talk about how faith sustains the farming family. Mm. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. Best of Real Presence Live on Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Excellent. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Therese. Yeah. You know, hearing Father Peter Andrell, yeah. it's just like, oh, that's so incredible. Yeah. And, and, and for our listeners, um, this is real. Uh, this, you know, the intercession of uh, the saints uh, for us. Don't hesitate if you if there is something that you need help with to yeah. pray. You know, pray to them, yep. ask them for you know their help um, and the relics that are out there. You know, we have some mm-hmm. relics, and um, and there was one particular relic who um, is attributed. Uh, one particular saint, I should say, was attributed to my mother-in-law's mm. miracle cure cancer, mm. and so it it does, it is real. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I just if you're if you're out there, find that special connection to a saint. Um, be praying for their intercession, and and it all comes from God. I love the point that you made that it is real. There was a story in the scriptures, and uh, Monsignor Shea in his book uh, from from uh, Christendom to Apostolic Mission. Uh, they, they, he points to the story of Elisha the prophet and how um, there were forces coming up against them, a, a massive army. And, uh, and he was, this, his assistant was so scared of what's going on. And he prayed that the Lord would allow this assistant to see the, the heavenly armies that were arrayed. And so he, he discloses that and he says, you know, know that there are more for us than there are with us, mm-hmm. against us. And mm-hmm. I think that's an important point for us right now when sometimes it just seems like the forces arrayed against us are so massive, so, uh, you know, uh, hostile, so uh, intimidating. And that it's important the saints remind us that there are more for us than there are against right. us. Let's close with giving glory to God in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and ever shall, shall be, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.